If you want to eat garbage, balloon up to 600 pounds, and die of a heart attack at 43, you can. You are free to do so. To me, that's beautiful. from the record. Catch and shoot three. There it is. He's tied step. 13. Shot clock at four. I think they're looking for him to get 50. There's 49. It might be really appropriate. floor to, to greet him, showing the respect. And they all know what this means to him. They know what he's lost and now what he's trying to find. What a great moment for Derrick Rose. And all the stuff that he's been through, too. You could not have scripted a better ending to this game for the Timberwolves. And you see the emotion on Derrick Rose's face. A 50-point effort to get the Timberwolves a gutty win over the Utah Jazz. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Stay Eyes Podcast. Once again, you're with Chris, and I'm here with Jordan. What's up? What's up, people? The Stay Eyes Podcast is proud of Chicago's very own Derrick Rose. Yes. An emotional game this week uh, for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Derrick Rose put up a 50 burger. 50, 50 points. 50 points on one of the better defensive teams in the league, the Utah Jazz. Yes. Yes. Rudy Gobert is having Derrick Rose nightmares, at least until the next game. <laughs> Every pick and roll, he had Derrick Rose in front of him, and Derrick Rose was giving him buckets. This came with Jimmy Butler out. Yeah, the leader, the leader wasn't there. Now, I hate to bring him up and, and rain on Derrick's parade, but but it's connected. Oh, so, God. Originally, the story was that. Jimmy Butler was sitting out as part of a six-week plan to get traded. <laughs> and it was going to involve a series of games to where he would strategically sit out certain games. Yeah. In order to 
I guess it was going to be like a, a, a passive-aggressive way of proving his worth. But while in the middle of a broadcast on ESPN, on the Worldwide Leader, the NBA leader, Jimmy Butler, was texting Rachel Nichols again. Basically to point out that this was just so he could rest his body. He had general soreness. General soreness. Sure, sure he did. I think uh, I think that's a factor of him being around Rachel Nichols too much. Apparently she's all over the place. Yeah, so general soreness commanded Jimmy to sit that one out. Now, let's 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 look take a look back. Let's let's zoom out here and look at this through the broad lens. Yeah. Through the yeah. zoom out lens, if you will. Yeah. Well. Put these pieces together. Okay. What you let's, got? Let's go all, all Sherlock Stayos on this. <laughs> Stayos Holmes. <laughs> I like that one better. Stayos Holmes. <laughs> Jimmy Butler. This is the guy who would play 59 minutes if you asked him to. Right? Absolutely. This is, this is the guy who has to prove his worth and toughness by playing through all of the injuries that supposedly Derek wouldn't play through. Yep. Iron Man. Exactly. Tough. Tomball tough. Now, this same individual who's played through uh, torn knee ligaments, wrist, shoulder, whatever, has ailed him and played for extended minutes and, and performed at an all-star level to, to prove to the world that he's tough. Right. And convince many of his toughness. Now, his body's sore. And he has to miss a game? Look, we all know what this is. It's, it's not a mystery. Jimmy has his calculated plans already in motion. He comes, he goes... He does what Jimmy wants, you know, and right now I don't think the Minnesota Timberwolves pretty much care. And I honestly wanted to talk about Derrick Rose, but this does put a damper on that because it's like no matter where he goes, he steals the spotlight in some form or fashion. So, yeah, I think Jimmy just is going to continue to, like you said, pick and choose the games that he wants to play and then set out, you know, other games just to rest. And uh, I believe it was you that said this last time where – Jimmy's going to come and and play some games and prove why he's needed, why the Minnesota Timberwolves are nothing without him, why he's worth a, a Houston Rockets franchise of of, of picks for the future. Uh, apparently, he 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 already is considering himself that valuable, so he's going to do whatever he pleases. Look, yesterday, regardless of how many points Derrick Rose scored. This is a clear indication of leading by example. Sometimes you have some people who feel like they want to talk the talk and walk the walk, but you can tell that they're just not born for that. Derrick Rose has never been a vocal leader. Derrick Rose has never been the type of person where he can motivate you by words and and inspire by, by locker room speeches and get people just hyped up. But what he can do is hype you up through his game, when he was healthy. And as you can see, that fitty piece 
that inspired that team. You can even see the way Cat played. It inspired him to play a little bit better. Wiggins had a good game. When you have somebody like Jimmy who's continuing to do his, his goofy antics, nobody is following that leader. So Jimmy is out to be Jimmy. Jimmy's going to continue to do what Jimmy wants. And honestly, I'm kind of tired of following this dude's trail of breadcrumbs. Rachel Nichols and Jimmy are just, just they're in cahoots. And, and, and he's going to continue to do what he wants to do until he gets off the team, man. Jimmy finds a journalist. If you recall in the Chicagoland area, Joe Cowley was his guy. That was his advocate. You know, all, all the, the mixed and hidden messages were kind of pushed out there through Cowley. And Cowley was enamored by him. You know, Cowley had been through some, to my knowledge, Cowley had been through some things and it kind of, uh, because he he is enamored with a level of toughness because of his life experiences, you know, Jimmy appealed to him. But sometimes you got to see through, see through all the, the window dressing. And not saying that Jimmy yeah. isn't tough. He he's tough, as we pointed out. He's he's played through some injuries. He's you know played over fifty minutes in games. He's tough. But what's motivating this? Sometimes you can do something. Honestly, you can do almost anything based on whatever your motivation is. If I'm out here and the question mark is how tough another teammate is, I can go out there to get my dollar, to get my name out there and prove I'm just a little tougher than they are. Yep. So there are different motivations for different things. And based on how motivated you are, you sustain it for that amount of time. And that's what Jimmy's doing. Now, I argue that the the game Jimmy sat out, where Derrick Rose comes in, puts in 50 points against the Utah Jazz, who... I have, in in my opinion, declared is the likely second best team in the West. The Utah Jazz. Derek putting up 50 on them. It opened Jimmy's eyes. <laughs> like, wait a minute. <laughs> you you may not you may not see the DNP body soreness much more often, or as much yeah. as he had planned to to put it up there. Exactly. Because now, now the first rival, the initial rival, has shown something. He's shown something. He got some glory. And Jimmy couldn't even let him have that. Yeah, couldn't even let him have a full interview without interrupting it. And he's doing all the Instagram posting, oh, this my boy from 2011, yelling during the post-game interview. Drawing attention to himself. You know what's funny about that? Is this man specifically said, after he acknowledged, yeah, man, 50 points. Oh, my bad, man. I I mean to interrupt your press conference. You interrupted on purpose. What you mean you didn't mean to? I hate when people do that. They do something and be like, oh, man, I ain't mean to do that. You fully meant to do that, Jimmy. Where did you come from? Why are you even in the area? Go home. Why was he laying back that late? <laughs> Walking through that area. You know, it's, it's, 
and we and we could we could be off the mark with this. It, it may it may not be that. But I I just have this strong. It's a strong feeling, and I'm guessing you share it. It's a strong feeling that Jimmy was trying to just put a little shade over Derek. No, I said just just a little thunder stealing. That's all. Oh, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. Still in a little of that thunder, keeping. Even though this is Derek's night, I'm going to keep myself in your consciousness. And that's what Jimmy was shooting for. But enough so of that. I got, I got a quick question. Has Jimmy ever scored over 50 points? Because I know he had a really good DS. Yes. Okay. All right. He had the, I think he had the game against the Raptors where they were down. Remember when the Raptors, no matter how good they were, no matter how bad the Bulls were, the Raptors couldn't beat the Bulls? Yeah, uh, it was a while ago. Yep. So it was one of those games... And Jimmy kind of went nuts in the fourth quarter. He was just dribbling to the basket and getting fouls. And he scored like 20 in the fourth or something like that. Okay. And I think he had a 50, 50 burger on that. So this is a career. This is a career high for Derek though. And this let's make no mistake. This isn't MVP Derek. This isn't 2011 Derrick Rose. No, no. This is an older, newer incarnation of him. Yeah. But he still he still looked good. He looked he looked a little bouncy, looked fresh. He looked craftier. You know, when you get your athleticism taken away from you, and this is why I can appreciate somebody like a Vince Carter who's still in the league. Uh, I can appreciate uh What's what's my boy's name? I can't think of it right now. But you have some players who have adjusted their games after getting older. And, and you know, they came into the league as these just uber-athletic players. And now they have shots. Now they can do other they, – they, they've added other aspects to their game because they know, one, times have changed. Derrick Rose's game kind of still fits the the – the early 2000s when he was first drafted, that that kind of era of basketball. This era of basketball, it's all about what? All about shooting, throwing up shots, shooting threes, wild, open, crazy threes. Well, Derek has kind of adjusted his game to that, probably uh, because of the knee injuries and him not having the ability to just completely elevate against everybody else and drive the lane with tenacity. But he's adjusted to the way the game is played now, and that's commendable because you can see his shot. In the 50-point game, it wasn't just drive to the basket. It was all over the place. He switched up his game. He mixed it up. He's, he hit like four threes. He had some mid-range shots, and his shot looked good. It was, it was clean. He didn't lean into his shots like you remember those, those, those years, I believe, the first year in New York. You could tell his, he, he was just off with his mechanics, his body. It was still just weird, you know. His shot wasn't there, but you can tell he put, he put work in, and uh, just like all the other athletes around the league, man, they gave him credit because they know the kind of work that he puts in. So again, kudos to Derrick Rose. Everybody knows just how much I I I have been a fan of Derrick Rose since he stepped foot pretty much in Simeon. Uh, that's when I first heard about him. But uh, just just a really Really good game, like you said earlier. Emotional, all of those things. This is this is one of the games that is it definitely is a memorable one for for a person's career. So again, kudos to him, man, and and 
Just forget Jimmy, man. Forget him. I mean, Jimmy is Jimmy is a, is an all star. He's an impact player in the league. But I mean, yeah, I, I don't want to dwell too much on that. Let's 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 talk, Derek. And and to your point, the league has changed, and Derek has somewhat adjusted. You know, we're not going to take one game and and expand it into a season or career. But it was great to see. It was a good comeback effort. You saw that there's still within him because he said he wanted to be six man of the year. And I think that's a great goal. And the effort following the 50-point game, he was a 4-6 from three. So he incorporated into his game with the requisite amount of driving and attacking and penetrating to the basket, putting up the floaters, the, the pump fake, the sidestep jump shots. So you kind of saw a complete repertoire. From Derrick Rose, and that was that was what was refreshing to see. It was nothing uber athletic, like you said. It was it was a lot of craftiness, but it was fundamental basketball. It was back to the basics. This is what works. This is how I get open. And then when he was attacking, he's still quick enough to blow past defenders, and that opened up that mid range shot. You saw several possessions where defenders. We're backing up off of him about five feet because they were afraid he was going to blow by him. And so right. all he would do is he would take the, the jab, dribble, jab, step, step back, and then, you know, make an 18-footer in their face. So great effort by Derrick Rose, a great game. Hope to see more. Rooting for him for sixth man of the year, especially with uh, Bobby Porter's on the shelf and having been starting. You got – yeah. Two Simeon greats now who are coming off the bench. But rooting for him for six men of the year. One thing, though, that I heard, and I'd been saying this for a while. What's Derek, that? Derek Rose verbally absolved Tom Thibodeau of injuring him. He said, really? Oh, yeah. He said, don't blame Tibbs. He honestly pointed out what, what many of us have said, and I've pointed out on this podcast, look at the way he played. Oh, you know what? Yeah, I did hear that when he was talking to Dennis. Yeah, Dennis talking to Dennis Scott. He said, honestly speaking, do I need to take a strong sideways hop step when we're up by that much in a playoff game? And no one was there to contest the shot. Say, I should have just went up for a layup. Yeah. So, you know, I've always contested. It doesn't matter that he was in at that time. Because if you watch the flow of an NBA game, especially a playoff game, up 12 in the fourth quarter with just under two minutes, most NBA coaches have their star players in. It's what's done. Even then, even then, in that era, in the 2012 time period, most NBA coaches had their star players in up 12 under two minutes. Watch an NBA game, you'll see it. Even the Golden State Warriors with with their their tremendous amount of talent that they have on that team, the abundance they have on that team, when you saw in the playoffs, they would be up 12 and they would still have Durant and Curry in, Thompson and Durant, Curry and, and Thompson. Some combination of those guys were green. So 
you you keep your star players in to maintain a level of stability. But speaking of the Warriors, speaking of the Golden State Warriors, we beheld something with our NBA eyes. Oh boy, yeah. That hadn't been done in, in nearly what three decades. Yeah, I know. Ninety-two points. I know. Yep. One yep. half of basketball against the beloved Bulls. That means Chicago Bulls, <laughs> at the very least, for one half of basketball, you were historically awful. <laughs> Defensively, put a lot of work on that. Historically, it's just man. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you. There's no way around it. Ninety-two and one half is horrible. I mean, they lost tonight to the Pacers, one hundred seven, one hundred five. That's only thirteen more points for a whole game. So you you can just imagine just how bad that defense was. Say what you will, especially the the Warriors detractors. Say what you will about. Kevin Durant being a snake and team messing up the NBA and they have too much mm-hmm. firepower and it's not fair. Say what you will. Who cares? I don't care if it's the Monstars. I don't care if the Chicago Bulls had to line up against the All-NBA team of 2017-2018. 92 points in one half is inexcusable inexcusable I don't care how many threes they made inexcusable not only that Clay Thompson comes on your court sets the NBA record for three point shots now I'm not going to get like other individuals who are mad that this happened on the Chicago Bulls home floor I'm not going to get mad about that Clay Thompson is in my opinion top three shooter of all time Book it, put it in stone. But SB Nation has a graphic, and it discusses, or it, it, it demonstrates, Clay Thompson's three-point shots. Of those 14 three-point shots, only one, only one was reasonably contested. Yeah. It's almost like Clay Thompson was shooting in an empty gym. The Bulls defensively were terrible. <laughs> we already know what that's about, though, man. You know who Fred Hoiberg is. He doesn't care about defense. The microcosm of the Bulls' terrible defense came on a corner shot from Clay Thompson. I have never seen anyone close out on a shot the way Jabari did. Technically, close out. <laughs> Clay puts up a pump fake and Jabari has to jump like four rows up in the stands. <laughs> right. Just 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 show a, show an effort. Just show Clay effort. Just, Clay just sidesteps as he does. One dribble sidestep and drains a three. Clay I mean, Tom- at the same time, I really can't fault him though because Clay Thompson, when you see him about to shoot, it's kind of like, oh, he's going to make it. So let me let me contest. You close properly, Jordan. <laughs> okay, fine. I can't I can't defend Jabari. You close properly. 
You don't close on roller skates. You don't close on a hang glider. You close properly. <laughs> yeah, this is true. That's how you this... don't give up 14 threes to one person. And these threes were just contested, and he's pulling from 40 feet, and he makes 10 of those were from 40 feet. More power to him. And now you know me. I'm, I'm a Warriors fan. But the Bulls' defense was detestable. Yeah, it, 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 was, it was horrible. But, I mean, like I already told many people I talked to, it's Golden State. I already envisioned this happening. I had a guy at work. Matter of fact, we know him very well. DJ Kid Nova, my boy Aaron. Me and him worked together. I told him. No, matter of fact, he called me up and was like, dude, hey, let's just go down to United Center and uh, sign up to be point guards. Because clearly they need help. And I'm pretty sure that anybody off the street is going to be better than what they got on that court outside of Zach Levine and Jabari sometimes. But, dude, Golden State is still Golden State. At, this, at the end of the day, you, they have to do something epically wrong for you to continue to keep up with them. That offense is a well-oiled machine. It is one of the most, in my opinion, well put together, almost all time put together teams in history. You can't keep up with them if you play their game. And Chicago got sucked into playing Golden State's game. There were many times I was yelling at the TV, like, slow down, slow down, slow down. Because as soon as Golden State hit their shot or Clay hit one of his many threes, the Bulls got the ball back. Cameron Payne comes up the court and tries to speed into the offense. Half the time, not even looking to set up the offense, just going into a shot, or it was a pass to Jabari. Jabari would try to take a mid-range shot, which is probably one of the most horrible shots statistically now in the NBA, is that mid-range shot right in in front of the three-point line. And and they just kept doing stupid stuff. They were playing Golden State's game. You do not have the shooters that Golden State does. Golden State has two of the most historic – they have two of the best historically uh, great shooters in the league of all time. You don't have any of that. You can't do what Golden State does. And they got sucked into playing their game. And on top of that, their defense is non-existent because you got players who don't really give a crap about playing it anyway. You got Wendell, who's a 19-year-old that can only do so much because he gets pushed around still, but he plays a little lick of defense. Then you got a few others, Chandler Hutchinson every now and then. But the majority of the team is just offense-driven. But they cannot keep up with that 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 squad, bro. So I expected it. I just expected a little bit more heart. You don't get whooped like that. You got to have some pride. You just shouldn't get whooped like that. I'm not buying it, Jordan. I'm not buying it. You did oh. not expect 92 points at halftime. All right. Now, now, you can say, hey, I expected an explosion offensively from Golden State. You could say, hey, maybe I thought they would win, you know, 125 to 100. I expected that. What I did not expect, there are teams still, still in this offensively slanted more than ever NBA. There are some teams who have completed a full NBA game this year who have not scored 92 points. So in half that time, the Golden State Warriors have 92 points. Do you know what you have to do to get 92 points in 24 minutes? Uh, 
be one of the best teams assembled and shoot a lot of threes in an empty room <laughs> against folding chairs. Well, <laughs> hey man, I don't know what to tell you. And then to your credit, to your credit, you say, well, you didn't want the Bulls to run with them. But guess what, Jordan? That's what the Bulls want to do. That's their strategy. Run with us. <laughs> because how do you make mediocre talent look better? You run up and down the court. You open the court up and you play Hoiberg offense because this is what he wanted. And this is what the players were promised. Oh, we promise you, you know, it's not going to be Tibbs ball. You're not going to have to slow it down and uh, run offensive sets. No, it's going to be wide open. It's wide open. And guess what? The Bulls' doors got blown wide open. Yeah. Fred Hoiberg, right now, should be somewhere doing a podcast like us. He should be unemployed. He should not be the coach of an NBA team. But we knew that already, didn't we? Yeah. There is no excuse for this to take place. If I have a team, Jordan, and I send out five professional basketball players, and that's questionable looking at the Bulls lineup, if I send out five professional NBA players and after 24 minutes they come back and look at me in the eye and want to explain to me without laughing why the other team has 92 points at halftime, they sit on the bench. You couldn't tell me that the Bulls couldn't go and grab five guys out of the stands who could give up 92 points to go and say word. Now, those five guys wouldn't have had 50. Congratulations, Wolves. <laughs> you scored 50. Yeah, it, it's, it's, it's bad uh, any way you look at it. I, I, I do have to admit. But, you know, thankfully, I will say this, the very next game, or at least the, the next couple of games, they, even though they lost, they lost at the last second. So you, you can at least see that they, they learned from it and they realize, hey, we got to put up more effort. We need to at least lose with pride, <laughs> which is still losing, but losing with pride is better than losing getting punked. Now, I'm not going. I'm not one of those guys that say, hey, you got to go back to 1988 basketball and you got to take uh, Clay Thompson, put him in the first row, and no, you don't have to do that. Because, <laughs> because all it takes, Jordan, is to close out properly on a shot. Yeah, but you gotta you gotta admit though. Sometimes Clay Thompson was throwing up shots. I didn't even realize he was about to take because there were times Clay Thompson got the ball, and I'm like, oh, okay, he's not he's not uh really in a position to really take a good shot, and he just threw it up, and I'm like, oh, they really right. just having fun tonight. Jordan, of those fourteen threes, which one looked awkward? Which one did he look like? You know, his set motion was off. I saw one shot Clay Thompson took that night that looked a little awkward. It was like quick trigger Clay. I was like, man, that was a great shot. All the other shots were Great America Teddy Bear shots. <laughs> great America Teddy Bear. <laughs> That's true. May as well have been in an empty gym. And yeah, it's the Golden State Warriors. Again, I get it. One of the greatest teams ever assembled, talent-wise, on paper. Absolutely. I want you at the year's end to count how many times they scored 92 and a half. I don't know. And I'm willing, I'm willing to go as far as to say it won't happen again this year. 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure it won't. No, any other team probably would have would have thought, hey, they're they're really running this score up on us. Let's get a little bit more physical, but not the Bulls. Maybe one more time because the Bulls have to go to Oakland. I don't know, man. I don't know. I can see 92 there. Or maybe they can improve one. Maybe they can give them 100. Fred Hoiberg must go. I'm sorry. Nice guy. Loved him when he played for the Bulls. Really gritty, grimy player. Gave his all. But he now has a team that's not giving his all. And he is out of his depth. He really is. You talked about the next game was closer. It shouldn't have even been close, Jordan. The game against Denver, the Bulls were up six down the stretch. Everything was clicking. Everything was running fairly smoothly. Yeah. And you know what Fred Hoiberg did? What did he do? He took Archie Diaco, Archie Diaco, whatever. <laughs> Archie. Archaeology. He took, <laughs> he took him out and put our friend Campaign back in. Oh, yes. Yes. Campaign proceeded to commit five turnovers. That's what I'm talking about, baby. Let's do it. <laughs> but guess what's not going to happen? Those two dudes sitting at that office upstairs, they're not going to get rid of their whipping boy. No. You know what? I heard some news that made me smile. What did you hear? Today and yesterday. You heard that Magic Johnson met with Luke Walton? Oh, and yeah. Now Luke Walton is on the hot seat. They let him have it. Yeah, that seat is getting fiery. LeBron ain't having it. LeBron will, will, will have you fired in a heartbeat if he tries to miss the playoff. So LeBron is about to have another head coach in his wake <laughs> because he, Luke Walton can't get this team to jail for some reason. Mm-hmm. Nobody else. It's, it's, it's Luke Walton's fault that you have 12 guys between 6'7 and 6'9. It's Luke Walton's fault that you're in the Western Conference and that teams that are supposed to beat you are beating you. That's Luke Walton's fault. But hey, you know what I say? The, the the optimistic Bulls fan of me said, you know what? Fire Luke Walton. Hey, guard packs, let's bring Luke Walton in here. Young, fresh mind. He's got maybe a chip on his shoulder. He wants to prove himself. Mm-hmm. And then something hit me. And then I got a statement from a couple of my friends. I said, do you really expect the Bulls to get rid of Hoiberg and go get Luke Walton? Say what you will about Luke Walton. He's still a bit unproven. But if he's half the man his father is, if there's some trash going down in the organization, Luke Walton's going to say something. Luke Walton, just off name recognition alone, has skin in the game. That's true. Do you really think the Bulls will hire somebody like that? Somebody with a little juice like that? Probably not. Because the Bulls... Like meek, mild-mannered guys. They like guys they can run over. That's why Tibbs got driven out of there because he questioned too many things. They like guys they can punch in the face. <laughs> we just need you. We just need you to do what we ask you. We don't want any intelligent input from you. We yeah. know what we're doing. Yeah. As you can see, right? <laughs> God. Mark my words, Bulls fans. 
while he doesn't completely fit this profile, mark my words, because the Bulls are all one thing that the Bulls are more. One thing the Bulls want more than a whipping boy is somebody familiar and close and someone they don't have to do the work and research. So mark my words, if this Hoiberg thing doesn't work out and oh, if we're not on what's our word, the cusp of this not working out, we will never be. Oh, baby. On the brink. If we're not there now, we will never be. Yeah. Mark my words, Bulls fans. Your next head coach is going to be Chris Collins. <laughs> you know why your next head coach is going to be Chris Collins? Because the Bulls would have to put in zero effort, zero work to get him to come here. Won't even have to interview. Yeah. Yeah. We discussed it. We went over the GM survey. We know ourselves with our basketball knowledge. We see guys who've been sitting on the sidelines of successful organizations for years. We know there's assistants out there who can come in, get a fresh start, make a name for themselves, and be a good coach here in the NBA, here in Chicago. And they're not going to know because they don't want to put in the footwork yeah. on, an, on an unknown. Because this guy may have an opinion. And we don't want that. I'm telling you, I'm tired. This Bulls thing is tiring. I've always, I've always liked the Warriors. And I'll give my reasons. When I was a kid and playing NBA Live and collecting NBA Hoops basketball cards, I fell in love with the Golden State Warriors. Tim Hardaway, Mitch Richmond, Chris Mullen, Sharunis Marshallonis. Okay. Throwing throwing the throwing the the, the 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 names in the back of the dictionary out here. Okay, I got you. Those are my guys, man. Don Nelson playing futuristic basketball effectively. Positionless basketball, what we see now. I loved them. Great video game team. Yeah. And that's what helped me fall in love with them even more. So I've been through some of the ups and downs of Warriors basketball. I've, I've sat there and watched it. But I'm a Bulls fan. I'm a Bulls fan first. But in recent years, I have become more invested in the Warriors because their organization shows me they're willing to make some decisions, some tough decisions to make the team better. Everybody's in love with Mark Jackson. Says he didn't get a fair shake. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows? I, I kind of feel that way, too, but. But you know oh. what the Golden State Warriors did? They said it's time for us to get from point B to point C. Yeah, they knew when to they, change to take it to the next level. And they made a move and they went out and they got a coach. And they didn't get a whipping boy. No, nah, that they boy, a, he cracks the whip. They got an outspoken coach who demands respect. You were talking about little old Steve Kerr, right? Have you heard have you heard Draymond Green? Have you heard Kevin Durant, Stephen Curry, Boogie Cousins? Have you heard any of them with a bad word to say about Steve Kerr? Actually, no. Everybody plays their role. Have you heard any of them say something disrespectful about Steve Kerr? Not at all. Has Steve That's Kerr cool. ever said something and they challenged it? Not at all. Not that I've seen. If they do, it's kept in-house as it should be. Steve Kerr came out and said, we're going to use Boogie Cousins the way we use David West. In effect, he's going to be our number one guy off the bench. Yeah. Did you hear Boogie Cousins say anything? No. 
Because guess what Steve Kerr probably did, Jordan? Before he told the media. He probably told Boogie. Now, our coach here benches Joakim Noah. Who deserved it? Benches Joakim Noah. And then lies and says, oh, Joakim, we talked. He signed off on it. And Joakim Noah says, oh, we had no such conversation. Exactly. Benches Jabari Parker, which may be the best for the team. He said, hey, Jabari's cool with it. And what does Jabari say? Oh, I don't remember talking about that. And now Jabari's walking around moping, sitting on the bench. Well, I don't feel too sorry for Jabari. I, I, I really don't. Uh, the, the, 20, the 20 million soothes it. But yet and still, guess what may have happened? Guess what word is leaking out may have happened? When the Bulls came and signed this man, maybe he said, hey, we can see you starting for us at the small pool. And with no notice in the world. And let's, let's get this straight. As the head coach of a team, Fred Hoiberg doesn't owe him this. That's true. But that's one thing. Now, when you say, I have talked to him, and they're okay with it, and then they say, we haven't talked, that's a different thing altogether. And that undermining, snakish behavior, that double talk, reminds me heavily of Gar Foreman. Well, of course, and and it's funny you don't really hear a lot from 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 Gar, old weird Gar Foreman. But I mean, when you're dealing with an organization that that has a reputation like that, and and let's be honest, the Bulls have that reputation around the league, man. It goes noticed now. It's 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 not a secret how they deal with people. I mean, from when Dwayne Wade was here, he saw how they operate. Joakim had his last few years here, like you said how Jimmy and, and his his last year here went. And even when Derek was kind of viewed a certain way, they, they made him out to be or viewed a certain way, he wasn't valuable anymore in the eyes of the organization. I mean, when you continue to throw your people under the bus or continue to, I mean, let's just call it what it is, lie about what's being talked about, then that reputation procedure. So, yeah, it, it's... Bulls are just screwed up, man, from top to bottom. They did an interview with Michael Reinsdorf, and from what I read of this interview, Michael Reinsdorf seemed lost. <laughs> what did he say? I mean, he's enamored with these guys. Really? But you got to remember. Oh, God. You got to remember, they're cool. Their families, they, they have dinners together and they go to charity functions. They're buddies. See, that's the thing with the Reinsdorfs, man. They're loyal to a, to a, to a fault. Jerry no one, is loyal. No one's telling them not to be loyal. No one's I'm telling them not to be loyal. No. Get you guys out of here. I want them to be disloyal. Get some new fresh blood in, in here. I'm sick and tired. You can be loyal. You can be Chicago Bears loyal. You can say, hey, I like you. I want you to be in our organization. I just don't want you making decisions for a basketball team. Oh, goodness. I, maybe, maybe you can, can run the concessions. <laughs> so, let's pass out maybe, you can, maybe you can be our PR, our marketing. Maybe you can do that. 
I just don't want you looking over the roster of a basketball team or looking at a, a list of young basketball players and free agents and picking players off that roster. I don't want you pulling names off that list. Um, that, is, that isn't a lack of loyalty. Put that man where he's best because it ain't picking a basketball team. But but what else is he good at? Nobody cares what Foreman does. What else you'll, is good, is you'll good ne- at? You'll never know until you put him in charge of beer. <laughs> Look, he might even mess that up. Fine by me. Guess what? You know what? He could mess it up. A beer tastes a whole lot better when you're watching a 68-win team. <sighs> okay. All right. They could be watering down beers all day in Oracle. I bet you it tastes good. <laughs> Serving Dos Equis. Stay thirsty. For a commercial, by the way, as that is, I heard Dos Equis is horrible. Never had it. Yeah, I, I, me neither. I'm not a big beer drinker, but side note, I heard it's horrible. So that, it, it's going to continue to make you stay thirsty, my friends. I mean, the Bulls just... I go through these phases, man, where they just enrage me, and I'm there. I'm there. And I know there's injuries. I, I, I get it. I get it. But when, when, when you look at the players who are injured, okay, your likely best player is hurt. Not best by far, but best potentially. Right? Your best defender is out. Yeah. You know, you're, you're workhorse. Your what? You let go of your try-hard workhorse. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll, I'll let you guess who I'm talking about. The try-hard workhorse? Yeah, the guy who actually desired defense, who gave you everything he had. And I'm not talking about Jimmy. I'm talking about Wabba Wabba. David Nawaba, man. I was so mad when they let him go. So Please. mad. I, honestly, I don't know. He probably's not being used like he like he was here. I don't know. But it's unfortunate because he was extremely valuable. You need players like that to build around those core players. You need people like that on a team for a contending team. For for if you want to get to a championship, you need players that know how to stay in their lane and are very good at one thing. And he was very good at energy, hustle, fast breaking. He knew how to do everything right. Every time he was on the court, more more times than not, 99.9% of the time, he affected the game in a positive way for the Bulls. And they just let him walk. Still don't get it to this day. And that, and that, that may be true, Jordan. And I'm not going to take any way, anything away from David Nawaba. Last, last season, he had some very strong moments. But do you see where we are right now as Bulls fans? Can you see it? Anytime... You're pining for David Nawaba. Yeah. Your basketball vision is skewed. Gar and Pax have us pining for David Nawaba. Absolutely. I'm sick and tired of everybody just throwing up shots. Not Sean Livingston. It's not like, man, I miss Sean Livingston. Man, I miss Andre Iguodala. Man, I miss Robert Covington. David Nawaba. Wait, would you take Sean Livingston over Nawaba? You wouldn't? Honestly, no. I think they might be on the same level of value. Uh, no. Livingston is a little taller. I would have taken the injury, John Livingston, 
Livingston. Sean Livingston right now is far more advanced offensively than David Nwaba and comparable defensively. No, I'm I'm not with you on the defense. Yes, on the offense, he's taller, he's longer, but I'm not with you on the defense. David Nwaba, he has he has that. He just doesn't quit, man. And 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 maybe I'm not seeing a lot of Sean Livingston. Maybe that's what it is. But I, you know, I I feel like I've seen enough to compare the two. And David Nwaba to me is somebody that I would just know I want on my team. You can have him. You can have him. Just put Sean Livingston in first. But hey, fine. I'll take both. Exactly. But that's what I'm saying. You need those players. All of these these guys that want to shoot and and score, you know, all these points, you need people that can do other things that specialize on the other end of the court. You need that. But David Nawaba is one of those guys that you remember later on down the line when your team gets good and you remember the bad old days. Like, remember David Nawaba as your yeah. team as a championship team? <laughs> you know, it's, it's like, man, remember Ron Mercer? Oh, my God. Ron Mercer. Remember Cornell yeah. David? That's where I'm going to put David Nawaba. He's, he's one of those guys. <laughs> the K&G model, Ron Mercer, leading the Bulls. That's what David Nawaba is. That's where he is in my memory bank. When you when, when and if the Bulls want to win championships, you're not thinking about David Nawaba. You may be on a team, may be on a roster, but you're not thinking, man, we need David Nawaba. Not these days. And it's not like the Bulls don't have the ability to put together that sort of team. Yeah. They just don't have the minds behind it. Paxson, Paxson has a little bit of basketball acumen, but he gets so fed up and tired and possessive and uh, emotionally involved and wants to choke a coach and gets mad when he doesn't get his way and petulant that that jades his basketball intelligence. So you can, Honestly, clear, him, you can clear him out too. Hey, look, I'm going to be real with you. I think John Paxson is the one that probably could write the ship if he had full control or actually had the desire to have full control over all operations. And then don't forget Doug Collins is with us still, too. I think Doug Collins also has an impact as well. I think if Doug Collins and John Paxson were the ones really leading the charge to try and figure this thing out, then things would, would go right. I sure. think it's... I think it's upper management, man. I think the Reinsdorfs don't really care about the Bulls like that. It's all about money. Jordan, John Paxson is both of their boss. John Paxson, it's been reported that John Paxson has taken on a greater share of personnel decision-making. Gar Foreman is essentially just a title right now. That's fine. So John Paxson is doing the, the footwork right now. And this is where you stand. Doug Collins, I love him. I love him. He's collecting a check right now because the Reindorfs love Doug Collins. And I'm telling you, I'm telling you, all Doug, the other reason Doug Collins is here, that's the gateway to your next coach. You don't believe me. I'm telling you. Chris Collins is the next Bulls coach. And it's easier to hire him when his father works for you. Oh, God. Where's Chris Collins at right now? Northwestern. Ah, the old NU. Okay. So just get ready. 
No, I'm not. I'm not getting ready for that. I, I'll, I'll miss that that party. One thing about Chris Collins, at least he'll curse somebody out. Not that that's necessary. I'm just saying you will. I don't know nothing about the guy. I mean, if he has a gritty attitude, great. That's what we need. Chris Collins is very Paxony, which is another reason he'll probably get the job next. Paxony. <laughs> he is. He's very Paxony. A little feisty, short, jump shooty white guy. Okay. Sounds like Steve Kerr. Or John Paxson. <laughs> Huh, okay. It's it's just they they aggravate me. And this is getting old. And like, like I said, I know you I know you're missing four four of your top eight rotation guys. You know, Chris Dunn is a legit bona fide NBA player. We know Lowry is is a prospect with star written all over him. Denzel Valentine is is good enough to be on somebody's NBA roster. Yeah. Bobby Portis, you know, is was playing like one of one of the top ten or fifteen off the bench guys in the league. Even in a starting role, he was he was being solid. But only one of those guys guards people. Lowry tries, but only Chris Dunn guards people. It's depressing to watch Denzel Valentine try to stand in front of somebody. Yeah, we we don't even need to go back to the Drew League for that dude. And then you want to continue to shove campaign in our face. You want to yeah. try to prove, try to prove you're right. He's bad. He's bad. He turns the ball over. He takes bad shots. Who cares that he pushes the ball up and starts Hoiberg's offense on time? What good is it starting the offense on time when you're going to throw the ball into the stands? <sighs> yeah, man, it, it, this 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 week, this podcast is really taking a, a a depressing turn talking about these lowly bulls. <laughs> Goodness gracious! Let's talk bears briefly. <laughs> Maybe I should have said that earlier because it is. Oh yeah. All right. Yep. Bears. Let's go. Bears. Bear down. They got the win over the Jets. Yes, sir. She- Back in the win column. Chicken soup for the soul, man. Yep. And I'm glad Khalil was able to get a, a rest, a break this week against a team that's bad enough for him to rest against. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't they didn't need him. And now they're about to play another team that's bad enough for him to rest against. So here's my thing with Buffalo. Um they're gonna start Nathan Peterman again. Well, who else they gonna put out there? Josh Allen is hurt. Mm-hmm. Your other boy, I forgot the other guy's name. He's he's out. And then they just picked up Matt Barkley, who doesn't know the the Bills' offense. But I mean, maybe Matt Barkley is probably better than Peterman. But hey, they go with Peterman. You know, it's gonna be an onslaught. So all this time that they've been playing in these games. They didn't know that Nathan Peterman was on their team. They made no effort to replace him. Hey, I don't, I don't know what to tell you. They, they, maybe they're treating it just like the Bulls are treating campaign. They're trying to make a, a, a square fit into a circle. Like it, it, they, they, they actually drafted him pretty high as a quarterback, 
And in college, he was he was very good. I mean, he put up very good numbers. I believe at uh, at at Pitt. I want to say he went to Pitt. And when they drafted him, they had the expectation that you know he was going to kind of have what he did in college translate to the NFL. But it just hasn't clicked yet. Now, I was listening to something recently where they said that you know in college for him, a lot of those routes it was just a lot of wide open space for him to throw where the receiver had so much more time and room to catch the ball. So it was like he knew that the window that he could throw into was a little bit more, had a little bit more space. Obviously in the NFL, that space opens and closes like a door, uh, like extremely quick. So you got to anticipate, you got to know how to gauge that. And I don't think that, that he's caught up to that, that game speed. He's caught up to that, that vision analyzing the defense just yet from what i heard he has the skills to do it it's just it's just not there yet tyrod taylor is not a world beater by any stretch of the imagination but the buffalo bills couldn't get him out of town fast enough but you've continued to be tolerant and patient with nathan peterman who on average and this is not statistically proven this is a chris win estimate on average, throws roughly four interceptions every time he steps into a football game. Yeah. He's terrible. He's awful. He's bad. He's deficient. He's crummy. He's trash. And as a Bears fan, if you don't... Bears fans, in honor of Nathan Peterman quarterbacking for the Bills, I invite all of you to watch the game this Sunday with a bib on because the Bears going to eat. With or without Khalil Mack? With or without Khalil Mack. They're going to eat. It's, it's, it's going to be barbecue sauce all over the place. Bears I, will, I, I will say this. I, I am looking forward to how Mitch Trubisky plays because the uh, one thing that is good about this Bills uh, team is their defense. Uh, their, their, their young core of players – is very good. And then you got some young veterans, not young veterans, old veterans on the uh, team that somehow don't seem to want to get old or play old yet. They're, they're still playing young. You got a Lorenzo Alexander. You got Kyle Williams on their defensive line, Tremaine Edmonds, Jonathan Poirier. You got some people on this defense that, that are, are really, really good. So I'm actually looking forward to seeing how the Bears operate on offense and, and the steps that Trubisky takes to uh you know kind of breaking down his defense and getting the 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 uh the points on the board. Uh that is what I'm actually in, going to enjoy. It will be a test. It's not going to just be some walk in the park like they had against Tampa Bay. However, on the other end of the ball, I think it's going to be just a a clown show. I don't think Buffalo's offense can keep up with anybody. The the one thing that could send this game awry is this, we know how much trouble Mitch has had with happy feet not getting a completely clean pocket. That pocket is going to be a little less clean. Kyle Long mm-hmm. is out, potentially for the rest of the year. I mean, if you want to, want to be honest, yeah. eight weeks. Yeah. Eight weeks. So, yeah. so eight, eight weeks without Kyle Long, I, and I feel bad, man. It's always an injury that derails this guy. And he's good. He's talented. But it's just, it's always something. And that eight weeks, it could make a difference in that pass protection, especially with a team like the Bills coming in. 
they're not, you know, world beaters defensively, but they're consistent, they're solid, and, and they can force you into some mistakes. So that's something to look for as as a Bears fan. Watch the play of a Tremaine Edmonds. If he plays, I heard he was dealing with some injuries. But watch, if he plays, watch the play of a Tremaine Edmonds. Because the same way you got the Trubisky and Mahomes comparison at times, you may have a, a Roquan Smith-Tremaine Edmonds comparison for a few years if, if they turn out to do anything similar going forward. So uh, I'm going to be watching for Tremaine Edmonds this weekend. Now, Khalil Mack is still questionable. I know he really wants to get out there because he's, he's from up in that area, that Buffalo area. So yeah. he, wants yeah. to, homecoming. he wants to play for the home hometown and then home area fans. So we look to see if he'll play. But, you know, if he's going to get healthier by sitting out, by all means, sit him out. I think this is something that an already stout Bears defense before he came along I think this is something that defense can handle on their own, especially with Nathan Peterman. Yeah. Uh, Nathan Peterman may throw an interception to a fan. The ball may. <laughs> yeah, so if you wear a Bears jersey this Sunday, just look out. You might catch an interception. That's that's just not right. He, I don't think he's that bad. That's that's not right. It's awful. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see how it plays out. Uh, Khalil Mack and Allen Robinson did practice. I think it was like a little light practice, I, I think, today. That's what the report was. But if it was up to me, I think I would sit him out until you get to those division games where it really, really matters. I think the Bears can take care of business this week. Speaking of the NFL, the trade deadline just went by. Oh, bad. What is the, what is the NFC North doing? Oh, they're, they're just wrecking shop. Apparently, it's a two it's a two man race. Minnesota and Chicago, baby. Green Bay apparently is throwing in a towel with one of the best quarterbacks to ever do it, if not the best. So I don't know what they're doing. They're just letting people go. One for for disorderly misconduct on the field, and another just for being ha ha. I don't know. So Ty Montgomery, he had the fumble, and I don't know what he did beyond that. But he pretty much lost them a game. I guess Aaron got so mad he got him shipped to Baltimore. And I think in Baltimore he'll he'll make some strides. He oh, still absolutely. won't do any I think he still won't do a whole lot because I don't like Baltimore's offense. They it, it just looks like it doesn't work. What baffled me was the ha ha thing. And I was seeing reading reports from up there that the Packers didn't like his inconsistency. Yeah, I, I don't know what that's about. I honestly think that they uh, – what I heard is that they wanted to get a pick for him before I guess it was too late for him to leave in free agency and not get anything. I'm not exactly sure, but I believe that was also part of the reason why they wanted to just get something back and uh, build up again in the draft. But, yeah, kind of a strange move uh, to uh, have – him leave the team. I mean, it's not like you're one in six, uh, you know, or, or one in five, dude. Like you all are still right there. So that that was strange. And once again, you have the best quarterback in the league still on your team. So that that was weird to me. But with Ty Montgomery, I agree. I think he'll be nice in Baltimore. They kind of lack a pass catching running back with Alex Collins and Buck Allen not really doing what they were thought to be doing. 
I think that's a good add to their team. But uh, I think the main reason why he he got let go it was it was said that he was told not to return the kick before he made that personal decision. So he went against the the uh, the, the the call to take a knee and let one of the best late game managing quarterbacks who always seems to somehow get his team in a position to win when they're down two minutes left still on the clock. And that's the reason why Aaron was so, so angry. He probably, he probably did put in a word like, Hey man, get, I don't want to see this guy, get him out of my face, get him off this team. Cause you, you clearly lost that, 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 that chance. And I, I'm, I go out on a limb and say they would have marched down the field and at least been in, in field goal range to win, win the game. Maybe, maybe not. It was the Rams. <laughs> now I know I heard you. You talked about how how they were under, wanted to trade him, and get something for him before he just left with nothing. I heard the same thing about Golden Tate. Now I think Detroit making that move, they were had a little more padding against that move because Galladay's really stepped up this year, and Marvin Jones has been semi reliable while he's worn a Lions uniform. So yeah. they had a little more padding against something like that. To where you can see, okay, they need to get a pick because Golden Tate has had his ups and downs with with Detroit Brass. So he may have had it may have been likely that he was gonna gonna dart when he got the chance. That's not as big a loss as it may seem on paper for Detroit, but the ha ha thing just it it took me aback. And everybody's up in arms about the Fowler to the Rams thing. And I like Dante Fowler, but I mean that. I don't think it changes any trajectory. Man, let me tell you something. I was one of the ones that wanted Dante Fowler when he came out of Florida that year. I was rooting for the Bears to get him. And uh, I, I, uh, man, I re- outside of that year when Aaron Donald went a, a pick before the Bears pick, and then Dante Fowler, when he got drafted his year, I was mad. I'm like, man, those two guys could have been nice. And now they're together. And I think that it does add a little bit of something. It might inspire him to kind of live up to his potential uh we don't know I don't know I, I I that defense is already scary so to add somebody with his potential is nice you know but we'll see we'll see what what happens oh, he's definitely good I, I, when I say it won't change the trajectory I don't think it makes the Rams defense that much better yeah I mean he will get get a chance to kind of pin his ears back and rush the passer in certain downs, you know, he can come and make an instant impact in that regard because he doesn't have to learn the scheme that much because, you know, you got Sue and Donald in the middle and they're, they're taking up double teams. So, you know, Fowler's going to get one-on-one or, you know, be able to run free in some sets. So I think that'll help him along, but you know, the Rams are the Rams. They're just right now. They're just steamrolling in the NFL. Yeah, so. yeah, they really, they really are. Yeah, side note too, man. I just want to say I'm thankful that the Jaguars got rid of Fowler because now this frees up more time for Yannick Ngakwe, and hopefully he uh gets on the horse like he was supposed to. Everybody projected him to be one of the sack leaders in the NFL. He's doing all this talking about he's one of the best pass rushers. I got him in my IDP league. I'm gonna need him to step his game up. Well, okay. <laughs> You like him so much, you figured out how to say his name. Oh, yeah. In, in Gakwe. Yep. <laughs> but, yeah, so we look forward to the to the rest of the season in the NFL. 
Got the big matchup Sunday. Had the whole Michael Jordan promo and the LeBron James goofy response, but we'll leave that be. <laughs> he was quick to saying that, like, oh, man, let's, well, let's get it on. Oh, 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 I was ready. I was ready to play this 50-year-old. <laughs> yeah, you're going to play an old man. Of course you're going to beat him. Mike would cheat. Mike wouldn't let that go easy either. It was... <laughs> Mike was like, oh, man, Mike, go for three. Um, but a great, I honestly thought it was a great commercial. It was a great promo. Absolutely. And, and in that, in that battle for GOAT, everybody has a position. I don't get mad with anybody that picks Aaron Rodgers as a GOAT. I just, they're wrong, but I don't get mad at them. Tom Brady's the greatest of all time. He has the rings. He has the numbers to back it up. You know, let's, let's call it what it is. Okay. By the way, I do want to say in that commercial, to me, for the first time, it felt like I witnessed Michael Jordan getting a getting past that that cusp, getting past the threshold of of being old. Like he seems like he's 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 really he's getting old now. I, I think it was the way he talked, or I, I don't know what it was. It just seemed like he 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 he's past that that point of. I don't know. Just no return now. <laughs> Whoever wrote the script for that commercial did a masterful job too. Because the 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 double meaning involved there to where it yeah. very well could have meant that, that was great. And that's that's yeah. that's why I think made it a fantastic promo too. But it's yeah. something to see. And look, Rogers Brady, let's be real. Let, you know, we talked about it even in our NFL preview. That's appointment television. Absolutely. So we'll see what happens. No more Ty Montgomery and uh, whatever poor safety is back there that has to cover Gronk, have fun because it's not ha-ha. <laughs> it, will so, be, it, will, it will be a laugher. <laughs> you think so? Absolutely. Patriots going to win? Whoever's taking Gronk, yeah, that will be a laugh. Uh, I thought you were talking about the game. No, no, that's going to be a real good game. I mean, whoever has the assignment of sticking Gronk now that HaHa is gone is going to be uh, in for in for a, a long night. Yeah, buddy. So now, what you all have been waiting for? That's right. Get your forks and spoons and knives out. Why would they have to do that? Hey, man, it's dinner time. Come to the table, put your beer on, and let's eat. <laughs> The same bib you're going to use when you watch the Bears play the Bills, perhaps. <laughs> the adult bib. That's right. So, the Grub Report is rolling through. And as usual, we'll kick it off with Jordan. All right, people. So, uh, Grub Report for this week for me, kind of boring. I'm, I'm going to be honest with you guys. I... Uh, I've been balling on a budget once again, kind of been balling on a budget trying to this whole year. So you, I know every now and then you hear me mention a, a spot that uh, maybe you've never heard before, a hole in the wall or a, a fairly pricey joint. Uh, but unfortunately and sadly, I've gone against my own promise of not going to this particular place. I've been going to McDonald's a lot lately, getting breakfast sandwiches and all that. So, I haven't had a lot of different choices, 
But one choice that I did have, one spot that I did go to, and this was off of work, I went to uh, one of my spots, my favorite spots in Lansing. It's called Rancho Grande Tacos and Burritos. And that is the full name of the restaurant. It is on Ridge Road. It's actually a couple of locations. There's one also on Torrance, right past the, the entrance to uh, 94, going west and east. Hopefully you all can Google that. But one of the uh, specialty plates that they have is the Rancho Grande nachos. One of my favorite things to get there. I always get beef. Sometimes I get steak, but try the beef Rancho Grande nachos. It comes with mozzarella melted cheese. You got diced tomatoes, guacamole. Uh, you have your meat, of course, and then you have really perfectly uh, grilled chips. They're extremely sturdy. So, you know, when you try to, to dive into the, the contents of your nachos and all the meat and the guacamole and the, the refried beans, it actually holds together. You, you, you don't want nachos where you, you, you might maybe take a minute before you start eating and then once you open it up and you start trying to dip it in the, in the contents, it gets all wet and breaks apart. You don't want that. So they got the good chips. They got the real sturdy, strong chips here at Rancho Grande. So they El Milagros. Yes. Oh, yes. They, they use the real stuff. This is authentic stuff. This is none of that fake Mexican. So you want to try the Rancho Grande nachos and, you know, to wash it down, get yourself a, a, a tasty horchata. You and your rice milk. Hey, man, I'm sorry. That is my favorite drink. I drink that and water 90% of the time. Horchata is a life, brother. Life. If you're going to drink horchata, you might as well drink pop. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> it's sugar and starch. Literally what pop is. Do you realize pop, it like screws up your insides? Like, like you know what they say about Pepsi and Coke? They use it to clean out the inside of metal. Like, that only should not happen in your body. They don't use Pepsi for that. They use Coke. Coke has a chemical in it. Sorry, I, I did mention Coke. Look, the point is, Ochata is not even on the level of pop. It is on another level. It's sugar and rice. Don't you dare disrespect Ochata. It is a well-prepared drink. It is a fine made drink, okay? Rice, cinnamon, sugar, milk, and water. Most of those things aren't good for you in you know, large quantities, especially. Oh God! Especially when you take the 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 water off the rice boil, and you you add milk to it and and, and sugar. Ugh. No, I'm just giving you. Just, 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 get, get out of here with this, man. What are you doing to me, man? Come on. Just give me a hard time. Just give me a hard time. You go try it for yourself. You see how good an horchata is. Go to an authentic, any authentic Mexican restaurant and try the horchata. Don't, don't listen to Chris. Chris is just, he doesn't like vegetables on pizza. He doesn't like horchatas. He's just, he's just in, in another world. I'm not against horchata. It's, it's good. Vegetable on pizza, any vegetable on pizza besides spinach, if you count mushrooms as a vegetable, I will allow it. Mushrooms and spinach on pizza, fine. Any other vegetable, completely unnecessary. Uh, I, I don't I don't know. This this also I'm a, fruit. I am also a fruit. Fruit does not belong on pizza either. 
If you want you what? That we that no that we can agree on. I never have had fruit. I've never had the the Hawaiian. Well, no, I take that back. I've had Hawaiian pizza before, but I didn't really enjoy it. But the ham and the pineapple, I, I, I'm not with that. I don't think that fruit should go on pizza either. If you want all that fruit on your pizza, go back to California where you belong. Yeah. Go root for LeBron and, and Tobias Harris. <laughs> but a good selection. Good selection. Grande Rancho. Rancho Grande. Sorry. That's right. That's right. Rancho Grande Nachos, baby. The adjective goes behind. So when translated means big ranch. <laughs> Thank you for telling me that and everybody else listening. The more you know. The more you know. You're one of those rainbow stars. <laughs> my place is a place I went to a couple years ago for my anniversary, and uh, I look forward to going back one day. Okay. It's called Whisk. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, <laughs> I'm sorry. The, the, the funk you put on the front of that, I didn't... It, is it Whisk, like W-H, or did you say Fwisk, like F-W? W H I S K. Whisk. Oh, whisk. Okay. All right. Whisk. <laughs> All right. I got you. <laughs> Whatever do you mean? Oh, here we go. <laughs> Don't you start this mess. <laughs> so, Whisk <laughs> is a restaurant, American fair, burgers, chicken sandwich, chicken wraps. Large okay. portions, but you'll pay. Okay. It's not cheap, cheap, and it's not expensive, expensive. I'll put it to you like this. You'll pro- prepare to probably pay roughly $21 a person. Okay. All right, that's doable. But it's also BYOB. Ah. So, I mean, I think they do have drinks, but you can you, know, you can, you can bring your, your Knobs Creek with you. I'm sure Jordan get that joke. We had that earlier, but yeah. yeah, yeah. Knobs Creek, you need to graduate, son, from that. Knobs Creek is what they strip barns with. First of all, there's nothing wrong with a a, a, a nice little drink. All right, don't oh. don't hate on Knobs Creek. Oh, I, I know there's nothing wrong with a nice drink, but a nice drink and Knobs Creek, two different things. Look, man. You gonna you gonna get enough of talking about my selections on this grub report? We'll get together, Jordan. We'll pick a, a nice grown-up whiskey you can have. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Now he he thinks I don't know what good drinks are out there. Okay, all right, all right. If you're hearing this right now, you should be ashamed of Chris. To barrel game up the <laughs> casks. <laughs> Back to whisk. Yes. Whisk is it's good. It's good. They have breakfast. They have burgers. They have a brunch menu. My recommendation at whisk, and for all you fans of humor and comedy, you'll get this. It's the Swanson burger. <laughs> what? I, I lie to you not. I tell no jokes, no fables, no tales. The Swanson Burger. The Ron Swanson Burger is a burger. It's a half-pound burger wrapped Mm -hmm. 
by one pound of bacon. Are you kidding me? Topped with bacon mayo. So. Oh, my God. Went there a couple years ago for the anniversary. And I thought I was, you know, still a fairly young man. Nothing held back. <laughs> I couldn't finish this burger. Oh, you got to be kidding me. I was What's wrong with you? I was defeated. We, we first of all, disclaimer: we don't, we don't, we don't promote leftovers here at the Stay House Podcast Grow Up Report. Okay, let's 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 get that clear, Chris. When you get a chance, this goes for you too, George. But when you get a chance, dear listener, Google it, Google Whisk, get a look at the Ron Swanson Burger, see what it's all about. Oh. You'll understand why. I couldn't consume a combination of a pound and a half of bacon and beef. You know what? I'm going to this place and I will I, conquer this burger. It, and, and to my credit, I have fries as well. You always get fries or chips or something with a burger. No, no, no. no. That, 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 that's, that's a given, okay? Don't, don't, don't try and cop out by saying, oh, yeah, I, I also had fries. You should eat the burger and complete the burger, okay? Eat and complete. That's what we we that that's the new phrase. Eat and complete. We don't we don't we don't do leftovers. You can finish it if you want. It's fine, Jordan. Oh, uh, you might want to you might want to bring a baby aspirin with you. <laughs> a baby aspirin, <laughs> just to prevent any possible heart attack. Is this burger like on a challenge or something there? Like, you know how they have challenge foods where you got to finish oh, no. something? No, it's not a challenge. Oh, okay. Not their challenge. Was you Were you on E before you got there? Like, did you already have a snack before you got there? Or were you completely full of uh, starving? I can't remember. I think I may have had something for breakfast. Ah. I, I, can't, I can't remember. See, that, that's, what, that's another thing. I didn't know what I was getting into. I knew they had the burger because I had done my research before I took the wife out. Done my research, said, I'm okay. I'm, I'm a lover of Swanson. And <laughs> I'm going to taste the Swanson burger. It has all the components that I hold dear, which is essentially bacon and beef. And I was like, I'm going to give it a shot. Give it a shot. Got there. I almost finished it, almost, but I had enough. Oh, boy. I went there. We went there for like a just before dinner, like 4 o'clock. So I had enough to knock it on out around 8. After, oh, boy. After a nice, well-deserved nap. Look, look, look here, Matt. Rule number one, for all you Stay Us Grub Report fans, if you're going to – if you plan – on going to a nice restaurant, you know you're going somewhere that's going to have probably a nice menu of food. Please give yourself a good two hours at, at, at the least to digest whatever it is you had previously. And don't let it be anything heavy because, again, you eat to complete. Okay, so... Whatever Jordan just said, whatever. You can process that if you want. Look, look, hey, it's very simple. Finish your food. If you eat the Swanson burger or any or a couple of other burgers on this menu, 
just prepare to take a nap when you get home. That's all. Tell you it's what. Going to okay, I'm gonna make a promise to you. We're we're making a deal. This is the first deal here between me and Chris. When I go to Whisk, because I'm putting it on my list now of, of, of places to go. When I go to Whisk, because my, my wife loves burgers, so I know she'll be down. When I go to Whisk, I am going to get the exact same thing. I'm going to get this Ron Swanson burger because it sounds extremely delicious. Oh, it is. Oh, oh, of course. I, I have no doubt. The way you explained it, it sounds heavenly. But I will not leave my seat before I complete I mean, I, I could have had that approach. I could have, but I mean, I would have had to sit there, maybe another fifteen minutes, let the burger go down to the second stomach. <laughs> the second stomach. The second stomach. You got a, you got a side stomach for 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 res reservoirs of uh, food. It's like the biblical. It's like the biblical second death. There's no return from there. That's so second, a second stomach, and then I consume the rest of the burger. Okay, could have done I, it. I just, I just, I didn't, I didn't take it as a challenge to my manhood, and it was my anniversary. I mean, I didn't want the day to go to waste because I OD'd on Swanson burger. If okay, I, 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 when I go to Whisk, because I don't know when I'll be able to go, would you like to make a friendly wager? And obviously, not, not anything monetary, but would you like to make a friendly wager right now for all the Stayos fans to hear? What is this? What do you, what do you, what are you getting at? If I complete this burger, the next podcast after I tell you I go to Whisk and I show you, matter of fact, I will put it on Instagram. That I am at Whisk, I got the Ron Swanson burger, I completed the Ron Swanson. The Ron Swanson will not defeat me. I will put a picture up in my story uh, line, my story uh, timeline, and I will at you, and I will also at Stay Us Podcast, and you have to say in the next Stay Us Podcast episode, not only is the Stay Us Podcast legendary, but we're now back also with the legendary Jordan. I can do that for one episode. All right. You know, I'm not asking for too much. Just one. Just to, just to hype me up a little bit. But if I don't, you tell me what I have to do. Oh, I, I can't think of it right now. I'm going to need time for this. Um, <laughs> well, I'm not going to go to Wish right away. But you let me know if, 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 if oh, this yeah. is good. Oh, yeah. You let me know. Now, understand this. Um, for all of you who don't really know us that well, Jordan is younger than I am. <laughs> so he can probably consume more food. And doggone right. <laughs> Jordan's wife is younger than my wife. And Jordan has no children. That's so he has less to live for? <laughs> First of all, don't try to put my in this, there's there's nothing to children aside, pets aside, wives aside. That has nothing to do with how much space is in your stomach when you go to a restaurant. All right. First of all, no. you're a veteran. You have more experience than me at eating and knowing how to eat food to digest it and consume it. 
So don't you dare put that mess out there like I have less to lose. <laughs> it has nothing to do with the size of the stomach. It just has something to do with the willing with the amount of risk you're willing to take. <laughs> hey, what can I say? I don't know. At my age, if I feel heart palpitations while I'm eating a Swanton burger, I'm going to stop. If at I heard, look <laughs> at your age, you may press on. That's right. I might beat the chest a few times and then just keep on going. Hey, you made a good point, though. Earlier you said I may need 15 minutes. If I'm going to continue to eat something after I already feel full, I may need 15 minutes for it to digest. That is exactly the key. That's why you have a companion. You talk to them. You say, oh, okay, how you like your food? Or you look at the TV and you look at ESPN on the, on the, on the, on the, the screen or Whatever is on, you you look around the, the the restaurant and see the people mingling. Anything? Oh no, my friend. Oh no, my friend. There's no TV there. There's just a bunch of people who will be staring at you because you dared to order that burger. Well, that that's 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 a negative against me because I I need something to distract me. The couple sitting next to us said, "Oh my God, what is that?" <laughs> Pressure, man. All right. Okay. And, and then I didn't take the 15 minutes. I could have. I could have finished it had I taken the 15 minutes for extra digestion. But I didn't want to blow the day or other things that I had planned for my anniversary. You know what? You're right. I, I, you, were, you were. That's what it is. You were being cute. You were being dainty that day because you did not want to ruin the, the things to come after after you all ate. So you didn't you didn't want to have you didn't want to discuss your wife. I, I I get it. Okay, I get it. Let's let's be clear. Me and Dainty are never in the same sentence. <laughs> pick, pick another word, not Dainty. Out on a date, uh, you usually see those 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 cliche dating scenes where the girl acts all like, "Oh, I'm not hungry," and eats a salad, and acts like she just isn't hungry. And that's what you did with the Ron Swanson burger on your anniversary. I was hungry and I ate. I just didn't finish it. <laughs> All right. I won't, I won't dog you anymore, man. No, that, that, that actually sounds really, really awesome. So hopefully when I get there, I will eat it. And uh, I'm definitely going to enjoy trying that one out. It's great. And mind you, it's a great, let's, let's be honest too. It's a great leftover burger. Because if you think about a burger, wrapped with bacon, sitting in your refrigerator for a couple of hours, and then you take it out and rewarm it? Oh, come on. Come on. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You don't lose with this burger, okay? Go to Whisk. <laughs> Get the Ron Swanson burger. I just pulled up the menu. There are other intricate burgers there made for men. Okay. Men who like burgers. If you're a vegetarian, I don't know why you would be, but if you are, they have those too. You know, they make caveats for people of that sort. Okay. All right. They have chicken wraps. They got chicken sandwiches. They have some Mexican fare. So, you know, whatever you need, Whisk can provide for you. I'm looking forward to it. Brother. I neglected to mention 
at the top of our podcast is the Stay Out podcast is legendary. Ah, didn't even realize that. Uh, Very nice. Yeah. Ah, messed up. We'll reprieve. We'll reprieve. The legendary Stay Out podcast. You can follow us on Instagram at Stay Out Podcast. Follow us also on Twitter at Stay Out Podcast. I've been pretty active on Twitter lately. Uh, okay. On Instagram, we'll give you at least one or two posts a week, uh, at least one to pub the upcoming episodes. And we appreciate the following we've been getting on that. The strong fan base hope to increase. Get the word out. Stay Out Podcast wants to become even more legendary. Yes, sir. So that'll wrap it up. Good talk about the Bulls. Good talk about food. I'm glad we talked about the food after the Bulls. Otherwise, I would have thrown up. I've been Chris. Been here with Jordan. See you next time. See you next time, brother. <laughs>